It's really great to have you. Welcome to Monday. Welcome to Mentoring Monday. I just did a post in the, in the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group. And um, the post was about um, the laws of leadership, that the laws of leadership, the principles of leadership apply in every situation. Especially in, you know, whether you are coming from a very secular kind of worldly cultural mindset when it comes to leadership, or you're coming from the kingdom mindset or kingdom paradigm of leadership, there are laws on both sides, both apply. If you apply those laws, you get that kind of leadership. If you don't apply those laws, you know, it, it doesn't work. The thing about it is, and I often use this example, the laws, uh, let's use another example. The laws of, of a seed growing into a tree apply regardless. Whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you uh, want to follow it or not, it doesn't matter. If you take a seed, you put it on your desk, it's never going to grow into a tree. It doesn't matter what you do. It, it's never going to grow into a tree until the seed is placed into the right soil with the right amount of moisture buried underneath the soil with the right nutrients and given time, then the seed will sprout up and become a seedling into a little sapling and then into a tree and then it bears fruit. The fruit falls off the tree, more seeds fall in the ground and it becomes an orchard. It can become an orchard or a forest or a woods of, of trees. Now I'm thinking specifically for fruit trees because that's what people go to fruit trees for, is for their fruit and they bear fruit. But that process is a set law. You cannot, you cannot violate the law. If you put that seed in the wrong soil, it doesn't grow. If you don't give it water, it doesn't grow. If there's no nutrients there, it doesn't grow. If it's not left long enough in the soil, it doesn't grow. It will not grow. It doesn't become a tree. If it's in the wrong, in, in wrong environment, it doesn't grow. So we need to understand, of course, and then if you don't put the seed in the ground, it doesn't grow. You've got to have seed in the ground in the right environment, the right where it's nurtured, where the soil can, in fact, break it down to release the potential within it, which is a tree. And then it can grow and become what it's supposed to become. The same is for leadership. Now, the thing about it is, is that in leadership, we often think that the only people that can be leaders are in the pulpit. We think that, I actually was reading earlier, uh, somebody that I interviewed um, on KLE podcast uh, a few months ago, it's Paul Cooney, he wrote this book called uh, Secrets of the Kingdom Economy. Powerful, I'm reading like little pieces because I want to digest it really well. And so I'm reading little pieces of it. If you can get it, it's on Amazon, really good book to read. But he talks about how in business, and this is where the problem begins, because we think that kingdom leadership, and the reason, let me go back a little bit, the reason I'm addressing this is because I talk about leadership in the kingdom leadership equipping group like I'm talking to pastors or just spiritual leaders, but I'm not. 
The same principles apply throughout. And that's what I want to really convey is that it's not just because you're a bishop or an apostle or an evangelist, a prophet or a pastor or an elder, or because you're, you know, somebody out there prophesying and praying for the sick or whatever the story is. That's not what leadership is about. Leadership, the, the principles apply to everybody. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing, especially kingdom leadership. And we need to understand is outside of kingdom leadership, you've got secular leadership. You've got the leadership principles being taught and modeled and mentored to you by the world, by the people around you that sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're ugly. But, you know, is that those leaders out there, sometimes they've got a good heart and whatever the story is, but if they're not investing and modeling for you a kingdom leadership style, you're gaining the wrong leadership style. It's very much left to your style, your behavior, your attitude, how you want to convey that or how you want to express that. So what I want you to understand is that the principles apply whether you're in business, in, in education, in economics, in politics, in the medical field, in the community, in, in the house. It doesn't matter where you are. The principles stay the same. The laws stay the same. The laws govern the culture of how it's done and of how it's perceived and how it's conducted, how it's actioned, how it's brought and represented. The laws do, the principles do, and the principles don't alter. So what Paul Cooney was saying in this book was this fact that many times what we think is that business or marketplace leadership is like the bottom of the ladder. It's like your entry level. I got a job. I got to get through the job. Stay faithful. Stay faithful to God. But I don't have to be accountable. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to grow in this thing. I don't have to impart any values in it because the next rung is to be, you know, a cell group leader and then to be a supervisor and then to be a worship leader and then to be able to prophesy to people and go to different places and preach and then to be on the advisory board and then ultimately is to be the five-fold ministry. Ooh, now I am like super spiritual. I've reached the high rung. And of course, that's not never good enough. You've got to be a bishop and you've got to be an apostle. I mean, apostles are the ones that, that sort of rule over everything. This is fallacy. Let me tell you something. This is so wrong. This is so wrong because what it does immediately places the people that are so called at the bottom rung of things on a inferior place and they're only good to earn money to support whatever programs and whatever ministries and organizational aspects of the church are going on. Wrong. It's that's that's wrong. We need to understand that the laws of leadership apply in the marketplace as much as, and I, I'm reluctant to use the word to, to make a divide between ministry and marketplace, because you can be a mom at home with your children and be a minister. You are a minister. You not can be, you are a minister, which, and minister comes from the word diakoneia, which means to serve, to attend, to to um, like attending tables, like a waiter. 
you're bringing stuff and you're attending. You're not their slave. You're there. You're there to serve them. You're there to attend, to wait on the table. That's the word for minister. Now, two areas. One is we must get out of the mindset that we are a slave. And number two, we must get out of the mindset that a minister is some hoo-hoo, high and mighty, super spiritual place that has to be somehow, you know, and your ambition and your lust is for that place. And once you attain it, you are super spiritual. We, we, that, is, that is a deception. It's not God. It's not kingdom. But when we understand that the principles of kingdom leadership are for everybody, from the everybody, everybody, in regardless of where you are, the principles apply. The laws are for you as a mom, as a dad, as a, a worker, whether you're planting trees, you're working in a nursery, you're digging holes, you uh, driving a delivery truck, whether you are an investor, an entrepreneur, you are a CEO, a managing director, it doesn't matter what you are. Each of these areas needs to apply in their role, in their function, the laws and the principles of kingdom leadership. Understand that, that outside of that, what we have is, in fact, what I said was, Jesus in, in Luke 22 was saying, he said, the kings of the Gentiles, they rule over or they exercise lordship over, exercise authority over and call themselves benefactors. Benefactor means you do what I tell you to do and I will reward you. That's a benefactor. And, and he said, that is a gentle way. But he says, that's not the way it must be among you. He said, what you've got to do is you've, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be like a child. You know, a child or a young person, a young person or a child is naive. They, they never display um, a child. I'm talking about a child never displays like arrogance. They, they, in fact, the word, the word there is naive or simplistic. So they don't vent their arrogance and their super knowledge. And, and you, you know, what they do is, he said, the greatest among you is the least among you, the, the naive among you, the, the ones that you nearly think don't know anything. That's how he said. And he said, the ones that are going to um, have the most authority or going to rule among you are the ones who serve. And, and that's the contrast. Because kings have dominion. We have dominion, but not over people. We do not oppress people. You see, the kings of the Gentiles, the, 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 the leadership style that's being presented outside of the kingdom of God is really rulership over people. Your leadership is determined by how many people follow you. It's determined by how much money you have or how much influence you have or how much... Um, power you have, uh, how big it is, um, how many people you can get to serve you. That, that, and that's all based upon Gentile mentality. It comes way back from a total pagan uh, kind of concept, secular heathen kind of concept. But the kingdom leadership is about how the king leads. He doesn't impose. He doesn't demand. 
He invites, but he rules over um, circumstances. That's what I want you to, you to see is just in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 27, what had happened was Jesus got into his boat, his disciples followed him, verse 23, and suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea so that the boat was being covered by the waves, but Jesus was Jesus was, sorry, call coming in. Um, where am I? But Jesus was sleeping and the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We are going to die. And he said to them, why are you afraid? You men of little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was at once a great and wonderful calm, a perfect peacefulness. Now, the, verse 27 is what I want you to see. The men wandered in amazement, saying, What kind of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? What kind of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? What kind of person are you? That Do you have authority? Because that authority, that, that's they were saying, What kind of man is this? What... He was no different to anybody else. He didn't fulfill any kind. He wasn't standing in some kind of in a religious position or it didn't carry some kind of religious title. They called him all sorts of things. In fact, they thought they, they, they thought he was going to be the king that's going to usher in the kingdom that's going to usurp the Roman occupation, the Roman kingdom. And, and they're going, I mean, who, who, who stops all this? Who, who can... Who can stop a violent storm? I mean, a storm that, that was beyond proportions. They even understood. And they were fishermen. That, that was their business. And they go, we don't understand this, but the, the whole boat has been covered by the waves. But Jesus is fast asleep. And then when they wake him, he just gets up and rebukes the wind and the sea. He says, why, why are you in fear, you men of little faith? Now, we've been talking about that whole faith thing, so you can go back and catch a couple of the episodes. But he says, you, oh, you, you men of little faith. And he, he then um, rebukes the wind and the sea. In other words, he spoke to it. He commanded it. He took dominion over it. And it says that at once a great and wonderful calm, a perfect peacefulness settled on the ocean and, and, the, and the winds and the sea calmed down. And the men wondered in amazement, saying, what kind of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? You see, Jesus didn't go about oppressing people. He didn't go about controlling people, manipulating people trying to get more people to serve him. In fact, he chased them away. He tried to lessen the crowd. It's, it says in John, it says, man, he didn't give, entrust himself to the crowd because he knew what they were after. They loved the miracle. They loved the fish sandwiches, the tuna sandwiches they got that he multiplied for them. But they didn't recognize the kingdom that had come, the king that was in their midst. A king of a different realm representing the kingdom of God. They didn't recognize that. And so he never entrusted himself to the crowd. He never put his trust, his faith. He never put his identity. He never put his destiny into a crowd. He put his whole message, his whole assignment into people that he could mentor for the next generation. 
What kind of man is this? What kind of man are you? What kind of woman are you? What kind of person are you? Do you walk out of fear, but in faith because you are a kingdom person? Because you walk with kingdom laws. You see, when you walk in the kingdom principles, the kingdom laws of what Jesus taught, suddenly something begins to happen in your life and in your ministry. And I'm talking about not ministry as in church, as in church, the organization, as in you being the church in the culture. Suddenly you, people are going, what kind of person is this? What kind of man is this? What kind of woman is this? That they can have circumstances obey them, that they are changing and transforming the culture around them. That's what we do. And we need to have leaders that can impart and impact and pass this on into the next generation. As I've said many times before, the thing that I'm very passionate about because I've discovered this, first I've been through the good, the bad and the ugly of leadership. I've experienced the worst failures, the worst, and, and it's not, I don't blame them, I just blame the system of it. I blame the culture of it because what's been passed on is being passed on. To that they think they're right and they think they're so right, they have to fight you, they have to um, battle with you, they, they, you know, because they cannot change, they don't want to change their culture. One of the hardest things you'll ever face is culture. Jesus faced the culture of the day, which was religiously uh, embedded. It was embedded in religion. It was embedded in the, the Judean, uh, Ju Jewish religion, embedded in the temple, embedded in the, in the uh, scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, who had added so much to the law that wasn't even God's intent in the beginning. What they did was they made it heavy, added burdens to it, because they tried to control people. Their strategy was manipulative and controlling, threatening to get people to follow them, you see, and to stay in the faith. But it's interesting that when, when Jesus was being tried by Pilate, they said, we have no king other than Caesar. And so they declared, we rejecting the kingdom of God and we subject and submit ourselves to the kingdom of Caesar, of Rome. Isn't that something like what Adam and Eve did? <laughs> they said, God, we're rejecting your kingdom, your rule, your kingship, and we bow our knee to the kingdom of darkness, to the prince of the power of the air. That's what they did. And many leaders are doing that. So the fact of the matter is, is that when I, as I began to review all of this and look back and get what I asked myself, what kind of man am I? What kind of man do I want to be? What kind of leader do I want to be? Do, do I want to just try and do what everybody else does so that I can sort of have a platform, a pulpit, a, a place because I can't do anything else? That's ridiculous. Each one of you are called. You're called of God. You're called of God to be sons of God in the earth today. 
You need to ask yourself, what kind of man, what kind of woman are you? Are you a man or woman of authority? You are called. You are called of God. Each and every single one of us are called. We're called to a God, to be a son of God, to be a leader. You're called to do that. You're called because you have a purpose. You have gifting, strengths, talents, abilities that God's put within you. You just haven't discovered them yet. But we've got to find, we've got to begin to discover that new way of leading. Whether we are in the marketplace or not. And I'm specifically speaking because of the Facebook group, the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Facebook group. Because I'm constantly putting content in there and people think that it's not for them. If I'm talking about, you know, uh, from the Bible about leaders within the context of the Bible, then they think it's not for me because I'm in business, but it applies the same way. What you've got to do is discover the principle there for you. In the stories, in the content, in the quotes, in the things that I put out, you've got to find the principles and how you apply them to you. You need to make a note of those things, meditate on them and say, this is how it applies to me. This is what I need to do. Because the king, kingdom leadership is specifically about a specific perspective, a, certain, a specific mindset, a specific attitude, a specific heart attitude that you don't find in the world. And that's where you need to discover that and begin to lead from that. Let me say this to you is that I love what uh, somebody wrote and he said, one of the ongoing debates is whether leaders are made or born. I believe most are reborn through some kind of mentoring, learning and applying correct principles. That's why great leaders serve as mentors and help bring about a whole new generation, a total transformation. But the personal price of doing it is tremendous. You may have to pay a fourfold. That is, you may have to sacrifice and suffer enormously to make significant changes. Are you prepared to be the pioneering leaders who are prepared to challenge the status quo and usher in what Jesus intended? What kind of man or woman are you? <laughs> That's they were freaking out because they'd never seen somebody like this. And Jesus goes, why are you afraid? Where's your faith? And I want to say to you is that your faith begins when you recognize the kingdom of God. You recognize the king. That kingdom is not of this world. You recognize that it is governed by a government that is a king and that you and that you recognize that you represent and reflect that government and that kingdom, that culture into the earth. And that it's not the same as you have had up until now. Maybe you've had it, but, you know, I'm just assuming that those are four things that it's not the world's way. You understand? It's not the way that you find in corporate America or corporate Europe or corporate Africa, or corporate Asia. It's a totally different mindset. And you're going to pick up flack because you're going to do it differently. You're going to engage. You're going to equip and you're going to empower. You're going to invest and mentor them in so that they so that leaders are reborn into a new mindset. 
You're going to be, you're going to influence through your example and through your, through your relationships and through your mentoring, your instruction. You're going to influence and impact and transform. We need a new generation of leaders. If we are going to do anything in this world, we need a new generation of leaders. We need leaders who think differently, who, who conduct themselves differently, who have a totally different attitude, who are like Jesus, that others are saying, what kind of man or woman are you? Not because you've got super signs and wonders, because you can stand in a pulpit with a shiny suit, but because you are different. Because you have dominion over the wind and the waves. You have dominion where you are. You rule and reign and you know it. You have the confidence. They looked at him and they go, Jesus, where did this guy come from? What kind of guy is this? Jesus was saying, you're going to have faith. And the faith comes from knowing your authority. I'm not talking about the, the church believers authority. I'm talking about kingdom authority. They said of Jesus, he teaches not like the scribes and Pharisees. He's totally different. He teaches as one who has authority. The word is exousia. He, he knows and he's confident and he, because he represents something bigger than the earth, bigger than we've seen. The, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they represented their religious Sanhedrin. They represented the religion of the day. But Jesus didn't come to bring a religion. Jesus came to bring kingdom. You understand? He came to bring kingdom. And that's what he represented. He represented the kingdom of God. He said, this is what you pray. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are here to have dominion here, not in heaven one day. That's not going to serve anybody. But here we have got to begin to see that we need a new style of leadership. I'm looking right now at the Facebook group and there are 1,434 members in the Facebook group who asked to be part of Kingdom Leadership Equipping. Many of them said, I want to, I, I said, you know, this is a Christian group. Why do you want to be in this? I'm a Christian. I want to learn leadership. Well, if you're listening and I, I trust that some are, many don't, I suppose, because I'm not giving a silver bullet. I'm not giving, I'm not violating the laws of the seed in the ground growing into a tree. There's no quick fix to this. There's no silver bullet to this. But we've got to get into action. We've got to get out of our meetings. We've got to get stop fluffing up each other and stop, stop heralding each other as great and wonderful and start getting into action and bringing transformational leadership, raising, engaging, equipping and empowering transformational kingdom leadership in the earth today, regardless of where you are. From the sun up to sundown, wherever you are in the globe, I am so passionate about seeing a new generation arise that's going to do this. 
I know there are others out there, but that's not the point. The point is for us to work like there is nobody else. The point is for us to work like there is no tomorrow and there's nobody else doing this. What kind of man or woman are you? What kind of young person are you? What kind of kingdom citizen are you that the wind and the sea obey you? It's not about the wind and the sea. It's not about signs and wonders. It's about dominion. Get this. It's about dominion. It's not about the wind and the sea and, the, you know, and having signs and wonders and showing how powerful you are. He didn't do that in front of a crowd. He did that with his disciples, with those that he was impacting, those that he was mentoring. It's not about your power. It's about what you represent and reflect. What culture do you live under? What mindset, what paradigm do you represent? What government are you of? What faith do you do you display? You see, we're so impressed with people in pulpits and in platforms and in, in movies and, and in sports that, that, you know, do greater things than we. And we all wish we were there. We all wish we were sort of, you know, somebody doing wonderful, marvelous healings on the platform and or somebody that has a church of 5,000 people because we can get paid a bit more money. Or we're so impressed with a movie star that, that can drive fancy car and living in fancy houses who's had five marriages, you know, 18 relationships, bent out of shape in their, in their, in their moral ideas. We all want to be the sportsman that can hit a ball, kick a football, you know, and, but we don't know them. And when their time is up, where are they? Who are you? Not who are they? Don't stop trying to be somebody else. Be who you are. Who's God called you to be? But what most of all, what has he called you to represent? You know, we get so hung up on what, what have I got to do? And instead of just representing who he is. And what his kingdom is about. You see, what we're trying to do is represent a man still. We're trying to represent Jesus as the man. He's not a man. He's a king. <laughs> he was a man. He's now a king. He's the king of kings. Are you representing him? Do you represent him with his authority? Do you reflect his culture into where you are? What kind of man or woman are you? Are you a woman of faith? Because you're standing in the authority and the power and the ability of God. Because you, because not because you want to be great, but because you want to be less. Because you want to be simplistic and naive. It's not because you want to be a great ruler. It's because you want to be a servant. You see, when you discover those laws and principles, Suddenly you become a transformational leader and nothing will ever change that. Oh, you'll get rejected. You'll get criticized. You'll get judged. You'll be called everything under the sun. People will, will ignore you, want being different to you, don't want to meet with you anymore. You'll lose your friends. You'll lose family. You'll lose colleagues. But that's what the kingdom of God is about. I spoke about this last week about Blessed are you when you suffer for righteousness sake. The kingdom of God is yours. You're pressing deeper into the kingdom of God. <laughs> You've got to listen to these mentoring Monday um, 
podcasts, I'm telling you. You've got to listen to these Mentoring Monday live feeds. I, could, I couldn't do the live feed in the Kingdom Leadership because the signal was bad today. For some reason, it just paused the whole thing. Anyway, we're here on the podcast. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to be some super, some super speaker here and give you some super presentation. I mean, you know, these podcasts are a lot fancier than this one. But really, what I'm trying to do is just be authentic and give you a message and give you my heart and something that God's laid on my heart. And this has been birthed in 40 years of pain, blood, sweat, tears, hell, and back. But also glories and presence of God and wonderful victories and awesome times of seeing God doing incredible things in people's lives. This is what it's about. I'm bringing a message to you from from my heart that has been birthed in the anvils, in the fires of of tests and trials and emotion, many tears. I promise you, I've cried that my heart is broken. Watching my family being dispersed around the world and crying out to God to bring us all together again. This has been birthed in my passion to see a new generation of leaders that can bring transformation to the cultures of the earth. Right where you are. All right. So the question is today, what kind of man or woman are you? Thank you for being with me. I appreciate you. Until next time, this is Sean saying over and out.